Revolutionary Podcast coming your way, episode 507. Steve and the mobs are joining me. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Oi, oi, I'm going to go. Let's rock and roll. Today, our peptide series continues. Today, we're going to talk about hex, hexarelin. We're going to talk about dosing it, cycling it, the benefits, the side effects. We're going to talk about everything in this one. So hex, hex is dubbed an underrated, an underrated uh, GHRP, growth hormone pe- uh, releasing peptide. And it's another hexapeptide, similar to GHRP-6, but unlike other GHRPs out there, hex is known as a dark horse. It's the black sheep of the family. It's the underdog and not mentioned very much on forums. And it's overlooked a lot because of some of the things behind it. But overall... Look, it's pretty underestimated. You shouldn't just push it to the side. It's got some really cool things that it does uh, versus the other peptides. It's one of those that th- it seems to have like a cult-like following. Those that like Hex, love Hex. They always recommend Hex. Those that don't, they're they're mostly the guys who've never tried it. Maybe they haven't given it a fair shot. So we're going to give you the facts on this podcast. We're going to kind of show you the benefits, and this way you can make the decision if you want to go with Hex next time when you're choosing a GHRP. So definitely not the average GHRP here. Uh, The structure is going to help promote and release growth hormone, GH, and the mechanism action is not yet fully understood by scientists. But we know that Hex has the ability to act on both the pituitary glands and the hypothalamus. So you're all your HPTA on this one. And it's known to also give the largest release of growth hormone than any other GHRP. So that may be something that appeals to a lot of you out there. And it may be something that doesn't appeal to a lot of you out there. It just depends on what your particular goals are and what you want to get out of these peptides. So why do jump in here and kind of give us your thoughts so far? Well, one, the first thought that springs to mind, Steve, funny enough, as we do pre-show research and obviously we reference these articles. So, you know, we like to, we like to sound like we know what we're talking about on these things. I'm fascinated by the line that Steve just used, which was that scientists don't fully understand the action. And in my pre-show research, Steve, that was actually backed up again in, in that the uh, suggestion is that it acts on other receptors than the standard naturally produced, bodily produced uh, human growth hormone. So it's fascinating to me that we understand what it does, we understand the actions it has on its body, and yet we're still ever so slightly in the dark, and this includes the scientists that are researching this, not just us performance-enhancing drug users and uh, researchers, shall we say, uh, not quite understanding the action, how it gets to have its effect on the body. The other thing that you mentioned there, Steve, which springs to mind, and we actually brought this up on a previous podcast, was this, the, 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 the even though it's a dark horse and not as popular, and guys, you shouldn't be choosing on the drug on the basis of popularity. You should be choosing the drug on the basis of a tool to be used and what is it you are aiming for, that it is arguably, as Steve just said, the one that produces the strongest pulse, the strongest release of growth hormone into the body. So those two things are what stands out for me. The lack of understanding, even by a research scientist, on the receptor and the uptake and how it gets into the body and how it does its job, and then the actual measure 
of what it does once it's in there. So those two things are standout points. And that that's what makes you some guy. I mean, look, we do when we talk about PEDs, there's always that great conversation, Steve, which is the strongest, which is the weakest, which has the greatest side effects, and so on and so forth. X is that GHRP that has the strongest pulse. So that's one of those standout things that some of our listeners are going to look going to go for. Back to you, Steve. So like other peptides, HEX has the ability to help promote more production of natural growth hormone, and it won't shut the production of the body's ability to produce DH. So we've talked about this on previous podcasts. I've talked about it on forums, and a lot of people, they spread misinformation, and they'll say that, oh, if I take this peptide, it's going to shut down my own growth hormone, and I'm not going to be able to produce growth hormone because they're confused. They're confused. Because when you use anabolic steroids, that's what happens. When you use yes. anabolic steroids, your own hormones get shut down. Your pituitary glands go dormant when you're on cycle. And sometimes when you come off cycle, your own body never produces hormones the same way again. We see this mm. a lot with guys, especially guys who use steroids at a young age. Too, much. too soon, yeah. Or guys who use steroids for too long. Yes. So if you run steroids for 20 weeks, 25 weeks, or a year, it's going to be hard to come back. And so they're probably victims of that themselves. So then when it comes to using these peptides, they think that they work the same way, but it doesn't. It's going to no. add to your natural growth hormone. So when it comes to dosing these peptides, you can make them more effective by kind of dosing them when your body's GH is coming down or when your body's GH is at its lowest, or you can dose them, you know, the other way, but it really makes sense to do them that way. That's why you see guys really, they time their dosing when it comes to peptides a certain way. And we'll get into that later on in this show. So you don't want to miss that part where we kind of show you and explain to you the best way to dose these. But look, at the end of the day, another benefit in studies Mobster, uh, we've seen studies that show it increases bone mineral density. That's something that happens when we weight train. Bo uh, bodybuilders have incredibly strong bones, incredibly strong bones. Because of that reason, bodybuilders have very weak other parts of the body. <laughs> you know, soft tissues, ligaments, tendons, those kind of, those get wrecked. But when it comes to bone bone density, it goes up. So hex is going to push it even farther. You say, it'll get my, more mitosis. You get fat loss benefits. Your connective tissues strengthen. That's a uh, that's a that's a very cool benefit that you see um, when it comes to these peptides. And that's something as weight training, we're pounding the gym and we're destroying our soft tissue. So using hex while you're increasing your volume or weight training and all that stuff can help heal up these injuries as you go along. So you don't get injuries. So that's why a lot of people like to use these peptides as well. And, and you know, and a lot of times that's just an, another benefit to the other ones. And of course, skin elasticity, that's something that is only going to happen when you're running something that gives you these GH pulses. Okay. Or when you get a GH pulse, like fasting, long-term fasting will increase your, your GH. And that's why you talk about got people who fast they're able actually to improve their skin elasticity because the growth hormone while you're fasting is when your growth hormone skyrockets. So in other words, your growth hormone is the highest, the longer you're fasting. That's why in the morning 
you follow a typical schedule where you sleep at night, okay, which you should be doing. That's that's what we're supposed to do naturally. We're not supposed to work at night as human beings. We're not night creatures. We're day creatures. So what's supposed to happen is when you go to sleep at night, you're fasting. And during the night, that's when your growth hormone starts to rise and it peaks in the morning before you eat your first meal. When you eat your first meal, then your growth hormone will die. That's why it's sometimes it's a good idea to skip over breakfast and eat later on in the day to kind of let your growth hormone continue to rise early in the day. So I also jump in there and we'll get into some more benefits of hex and we'll start talking about the side effects to watch out for. One of the bits of advice that I sometimes give to guys, and I, and especially when there's the classic line that we hear on social media when people are talking about conspiracy theories, and it's called "Do your own research." Right. So you're doing your research by listening to this podcast, guys. So that's part and parcel of what we're talking about. But one of the things that I've said is that if you want to know what any performance-enhancing drug used, and it wasn't specifically created for performance enhancement for example, uh, Chiranabol, which was, uh, then you look at what was the medical reason why that drug was created. So again, free throw research for GHRP2. And again, the article here, as Steve said, when he's listed those benefits and there's more to come, those would have been the medical reasons why hexavalin was created. It would have been what they were aiming for. It would have been for overweight individuals. It would have been for people with medical conditions uh, arthritis, for example, where they're going to have bone issues, where they're going to have uh, certain forms of chemotherapy, where your bone marrow goes down, Steve, and all these kind of things. And so the side effects, and not only that, Steve, is another example. I, I've had a buddy from back in the day who had a particular chest condition, and he was on, I think, 15 different kinds of medical uh, medication. And one because the combination of medications that he was taking gave him essentially all the symptoms of diabetes. So now he's got to take insulin. So what you're sometimes looking at here, guys, is a person who's got really combination, not always the same one, but serious medical issues that have, you know, made, for example, the treatment itself or the medical condition itself causes some of the problems that GHRP2 was there specifically to treat. So, for example, look here, Steve, when we talk about anti-aging properties, healing skin, what would that also be good for? That would be a great one for a burns victim. Uh, so repairing skin tissue and having them heal quicker uh, following a serious burn or, or, or exposure to chemicals and so on and so forth. So, again, guys, one of the things I say is go off and look at the original medical reason, the clinical reason why the medication was created to get a, a solid indication of why it was uh, there, and then obviously then you take it from there and you go, uh, our performance enhancement benefits, our life extension benefits. So as Steve said, we're going to have high bone density because of um, training, but equally we're pushing ourselves if we're a solid-ass athlete uh, to places where uh, connective tissue doesn't like to go sometimes, and therefore that's why you'll see growth hormone and ghrp 2s uh, growth hormone release and peptides used to boost the recovery after injuries. Back to you, Steve. All right, so let's kind of go over some of the basic benefits of HEX. Now, you're listening to this podcast, you're like, you know, what, what am I going to get out of this? We kind of discussed, we kind of touched on things earlier, but as my officer mentioned, you're going to get the strongest pulse of any GHRP from HEX. Yeah. You're also going to get increased lean body mass. You're not going to put on, it's not like, 
running a bunch of testosterone, a bunch of trend, a bunch yeah. of anadrol. You're not gonna build, you're not gonna blow up, become a yeah. beast using this. But you're gonna get lean body mass. It's gonna be keepable lean body mass. So if you're if you're really looking to put on, you know, two, three, four pounds, but real muscle, real muscle, yeah. Yeah. and lose body fat at the same time, because this is what hex can do as well. Helps with body fat reduction. We know growth hormone is like magic when it comes to fat loss. Now, a lot of guys react extremely well, extremely well to growth hormone when it comes to fat loss. And some don't as much. It just depends. Some guys will actually run 8 or 12 weeks of growth hormone solely for the fat loss benefits because they react so incredibly well to it. And some guys, you'll run it you know, three, four months, and you'd be like, well, I, I barely lost any body fat. So it's really user-dependent. As we mentioned, bone density and then anti-aging properties with growth hormone. Another thing is heart-protective properties where it can help your heart tissue heal. So it's good for the organs. It's good for anti-aging. There's some studies too, mobsters, show that it's good for the brain. So that, yeah. again, needs yeah. more investigating. Now, when you get to a point where you're abusing growth hormone, it can be counterproductive. But if you're using it correctly, you know, it's going to help. It's going to be overall anti-aging. And we know that's anti-aging because people in the blue zones, they live the longest of anybody in the world. And they do a lot of fasting. And they have high growth hormone compared to the rest of the world. So is that the sole reason? No, but that is one of the reasons. So growth hormone is going to help you live longer and live more healthier in conjunction with other things that you're going to be doing. Obviously, if you're running three grams of gear a week and you're, uh, you know, 300 pound bodybuilder, you're not going <laughs> to, you're not going to live a long time. But if you're doing this, <laughs> you know, if you're doing this the healthy way, you you can actually benefit long term from this as well. So I'm also jump in that, and we'll kind of get into the side effects. Do you want to touch on the side effects as well? Well, I, I'm just going to jump in in regards to the individual responses, Steve. And I, I'll tell you what happens here, guys. It's, if if a person came up to you in the street and asked you randomly uh, how to get to a particular place, but they didn't tell you how they were going to get there, walking, flying, driving, whatever else, your advice might differ. You might say, well, if you're flying, it's just over there, over the rooftops, and go there. But if you've got to walk, it's all the way around these different houses. This happens sometimes when it comes to performance-enhancing drugs, Steve, as you know. So you'll get guys, as you said, that run it and get great results. But what's not mentioned is, of course, that they started off relatively lean. And I say relatively lean, 15%, 12%, 10%. If someone comes in, for example, and doesn't mention the fact that they're 18, 19, 20%, then the 20% person is going to have not as good results as the leaner person. If the leaner person's diet is better, if the leaner person's uh, uh, training is better, if the leaner person's just right, overall more active, or even as you said right at the beginning of this podcast, if the leaner person just gets a fucking good night's sleep, then, then those things make a difference. And the problem that sometimes happens, and again, guys, you're listening to this podcast, this is the reason why you know this stuff, and because we're telling you, so you become informed, is that you must have these other aspects sorted. They must be down, done and dusted. You cannot stay up late. 
You can't eat shit. You can't lay around the house and expect any kind of growth hormone peptide, doesn't matter which one you're talking about, to suddenly and miraculously chisel off tons and tons of body fat, give you a six pack and you can hit the beach and look amazing. You have to do the other things. So this is the thing that sometimes happens. Steve and I talk about the stuff from a research point of view. We talk about studies. We talk about what's been said in research papers. And those research papers typically, you're looking at 100, 200, sometimes 1,000 individuals, Steve, as you know, and then it'd be the average of lean mass that was fat that was lost, how much lean muscle was gained, uh, how much they could all leg press at the end, how much they could all curl at the end. And it will say, for example, you know, an average gain of four pounds of lean muscle, an average drop of two pounds and so on. And if you say it to a, fat, a person who's overweight, out of condition, not dieting, not training, oh, you're going to lose four pounds. Yeah, but that was the average. It was from the fat person to the skinny one. It was male, female. It was young. It was old. And it was a person dieting and training versus a person just sitting around. So, guys, we give you these numbers. We give you these statistics. But you still got to do the work. It's not a, a, a magic thing. If you do all the other stuff, you get your night's sleep, you do the training, you do your nutrition, the benefits from any of these peptides will be that much more enhanced. As Steve said, example, fasting. Literally, when we go to sleep to when we wake up is a fast. If you increase the length of time that you fast in the morning, you are getting additional benefits. Then obviously there's a cutoff point where that regards to that kind of stuff in the same way that we can't train too hard and keep pounding away and, and we can't stay on you know a, a low calorie diet for whatever whatever so there are benefits you listen to these things we're going to try and give you the best advice we possibly can so that you get the full benefits and you understand that you've got to put some of the work in back to you Steve. side effects you want to get over, over some of the side yeah, effects sure. and we'll okay so guys right what are the side effects of ghrp2 exorelin Specifically, increased cortisol levels. That's a stress hormone. Uh, and, and it's interesting for me that that would be the case here, Steve. Increased prolactin levels, lower libido. Now, that's unusual. I don't know necessarily that would be the case across all uh, uh, growth hormones, but it might just be something as simple as, again, timing, Steve, in terms of, for example, if I'm going to take something that's going to help my, me sleep better, I'm not going to be up all night shagging. So there might be a little bit of an issue there. Hard to maintain relations due to increased prolactin. What does that mean? It's literally one of the hormones that's involved in um, how we respond to people, how we, 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 we uh, react and respond, and possible gynecomastia that's un that again is unusual because you go right that would be something that would normally be the case in someone who's overweight using testosterone or steroids of any form but why why does it happen and again these are the things that we would look to see what the actions are and why that's a specific thing it may just be steve in my mind the simple fact that it has that incredibly strong pulse and we talk about feedback loops and other podcasts and we talk about how any and i've said this before again the stronger a drug is, the more the body kicks back in a kind of weird-ass feedback loop to put you back to normal. It's basically adding muscle, losing fat, uh, just using a drug, just using a supplement. It needs to be a harsh chemical. It needs to be a strong supplement in order to make something happen with nothing else changing. And therefore, sometimes, and this is the reason why we talk about this when we talk about steroids, sometimes the strongest 
is not necessarily the most optimal peptide or drug thing to do. A great example, Steve, would be if we were training the doing drop sets, uh, negatives, and we did that every single training session at some point, we'd just be worn the fuck out. And we wouldn't be given a we'd have to take weeks off in between training sessions just to recover. So you go, that would be the best kind of training to put muscle on, but the stress on the body would be the greatest. The same thing applies to drugs, the same thing applies to super strong supplements. Anything that's super strong, anything that is an ass kicker that's going to create this great reaction that we're looking for comes with issues that the body says, you know what, you can't keep pounding away, you can't keep throwing drug after drug after drug or something. So this is why Steve and I talk about sensible dosing. We talk about dosing around the right times, which we're going to get into. And also we sometimes sell it. Steve and I don't, we've, we've tried, we've talked about this on other podcasts. I don't think our our journey, performance enhancing drug journey, Steve, now is to try the strongest drugs or to do the craziest shit. So not only do we know buddies that have done that stuff already, you and I don't need to go down to you know, 10 grams a week and, and as much drugs as we can throw at ourselves. We know what works. We know the best out of ourselves. And it isn't always taking the strong. But again, we give you this information, guys, so you have this option, so you can make a choice for yourself. And we can talk about, you know, different things at different times. Back to you, Steve. All right, so let's let's kind of talk about how it works and we'll get into dosing it and, and how to use it. Listen, at the end of the day, you're going to inject it sub-Q and it's going to activate the pituitary via pulse, just like the other way the other GHRPs do. It's going to help circulate growth hormone in the body. But unlike GHRP6, which we're going to talk about, we've talked about on other podcasts or we're going to talk about on future podcasts, it does not induce hunger side effects. So this is very, very important. It's one of the huge advantages of HEX. Now, if you are looking for something to increase hunger, don't go with HEX. But if you are like me, you're a person like me, and you really don't want to be hungry when you're taking this. And hunger is annoying. You don't want to be waking up in the middle of the night hungry and having to, to munch on something. And HEX is the way to go. HEX is my, is my peptide. Because I have a ruthless appetite of uh, i've had a ruthless appetite and you know for me it doesn't work in my favor to be waking up middle night i don't like my sleep disturbed want to sleep hard so this one is going to not disturb you it's not gonna make you hungry you're not gonna wake up in the morning starving but you're like oh my god i gotta eat something so it's really really cool (laughs) it's also not going to raise a level gh in the body has the ability to not only raise the GH from the body, also suppress somostatin, somaltostatin. And that is the main culprit that inhibits GH from being released. So it's the body's mechanism to balance the GH in the body. So not only are you going to get the GH pulse, you're also going to suppress the very thing that causes GH to go back down in the body. So look, bottom line, hex considered one of the strongest GHRPs available. And you're going to get some really good pulses on this. Um, but here's the here's the issue, though. You're probably in the long term not want to probably in the long term not want to use hex. And it has the ability to raise healthy those IG of one in GH and it can work perfect in, in post-cycle therapy. So if you're running a steroid cycle, 
and you want to use something in PCT, you can most certainly use hex during your PCT. So now the reason you shouldn't use it long-term, one of the reasons, as Mobster mentioned, the increase in cortisol and increase in prolactin, that can be an issue. So it's not something you want to lose long-term. So Mobster, you know, touched on that a little bit, and we're going to we really need to talk about how to dose it and how to use it. Very important with these peptides, you use them correctly. I was going to say here, Steve, actually, was that there's there's two out there that we know that are great in boosting the appetite. And here's where, when I talk about tools in a toolbox, the analogy works really, really well. So this would be my choice of peptide uh, if I was looking to lose weight and get lean. Now, if I was a skinny guy and I wanted to gain weight and I had hunger issues, and we know plenty of guys that say they eat all day long, and when you actually look at their diet, they're not. They're not really. What Their total food for the day is my evening meal, you know, and you go, okay, well, that's the reason you're not gaining weight. You think you're eating all day, but what actually is happening is you feel full up real quick and you're kind of struggling. And so there's two peptides out there that boost the appetite and and, and they're great for that. That GHRP2 and GHRP6 both spring to mind, right? They're, they're the ones that make you hungry, whereas this one does not. So this is to me one of those ones, right, right, I'm looking to get lean. I want to, to, to definitely drop some body fat. And I see Steve, Steve said, I don't want to be hungry late in the day. And this, to me, is a great one in that particular regard. There's one more issue, Stephen, and one we'll talk about dosing and uh, the, the tips that we talked about already. There's something that said in the article specifically refers to, which is, and I quote, an occasional flare-up of the pituitary gland has been seen, noted when dosing far beyond saturation dosages. In other words, guys, use the doses that we suggest. Don't go overboard with the dosages to expect a greater and greater and greater reaction. There is always a cough. There is always an issue, as I said earlier on when I was talking about the body's feedback mechanism. For example, this is a cortisol cortisol, a stress hormone. It's the one that's it's, it's cortical steroids are anti-catabolic. They're more likely to break tissue down. So we want body fat to break down, and maybe that's the reason for the cortisol's action here. But it's also going to have a very small impact, negligible, because it's a peptide and because we're talking about sensible doses here on muscle tissue breakdown. But at the same time, we're going to try and negate that as much as possible. Now, Steve and I have touched on this in other podcasts. I'll touch on it now, Steve. The best optimal times, and then we'll talk about the dosage. So very quickly, I've talked about the kind of training that works the best. Uh, and that's basically brief and brutal. If you want a, a good growth hormone pulse release, heavy duty style training, Mike Mensa style, high intensity stuff actually produces the best to a lesser degree uh, powerlifting style, but it would get, still needs to be under an hour, 45, 50 minutes powerlifting style training. High volume training, Steve, does not. And again, you can negate that a little bit with your anabolics, your performance enhancing drugs and your peptide use. But ultimately, uh, to get the best out of anything, go with the optimal way to do things. The same thing applies to diet, which Steve's already touched upon. That would be, as Steve said, fasting, absolutely amazing, and so on. Right, timing for me, Steve. Timing for me would be, do I want my training pulse that I'm going to produce myself with the style of training that I actually do to be boosted? So I'm getting a longer pulse, a, a, a higher amount released, Let's say for argument's sake that I released the equivalent of, and this would not actually be a number, but let's say I re, my trying to kind of training released the equivalent of two IUs and the pulse lasted for three hours. 
including 40, 50 minutes to training and another two to three hours afterwards, then the use of a peptide would boost that again. So I'd take it up to another unit or unit and a half over and above and would give me a longer pulse. And we know that already because we've seen it in other studies. Equally, as Steve said, what about nighttime? Nighttime use would be, for example, any peptide, because it all seemed to be in arch or sleep, would be taking it just before bed. And we talk about that because not only would you be taking it at the end of the day to give you a greater uh, sleep, uh, a deeper sleep, more restful sleep, but also because, as Steve said already, that's when the greatest natural production outside of the gym is produced in the body. The other way, Steve, in terms of body fat, uh, I would probably be looking in the morning, even on a non-training day, and then maybe late in the afternoon, early evening again. What do you think in terms of actual timing? And then obviously, if you wouldn't mind touching on the dosage as well. So with Hex, the most important thing with Hex, okay, what's different than other peptides is that it's not going to increase hunger. So with other peptides, the prime time to be using it would be yeah. before your first meal. You take you take it, you get hungry, you eat your meal, perfect. Now with Hex, you don't have to worry about hunger. So it's not necessarily going to be most optimal to use it before a meal, but it'll still be optimal because that's when your growth hormone dives. It's after your first meal. So you've been fasting all night, you get up. When when do you eat your first meal? Do you eat your first meal at 7 o'clock? Do you eat first meal at 9 o'clock, at 12 o'clock? So before your first meal, go ahead and take it. Boom, it's good. But overall, just get it in your system. You know, the, the best the best time to get it in your system, it's not as specific as other GHRPs when it comes to, you know, messing around with your hunger and stuff. So it's not as obsessive. So just get in your system. But the key with, with HEX is the desensitization. So you want to make sure desensitization and you want to make sure you're doing 200 micrograms. That's a saturation dose for HEX. So after a few weeks, you're going yeah. to get that, that you're going to get desensitized and you're going to have an occasional flare up of the pituitary. And that's, that's a signal to you that you need to pull back. You need to pull back, take a few days off, take a few weeks off and then go back on it. And that's, that's the way to do it. And um, a lot of people also in that in that window where they're coming off of it, they'll switch to other peptides. They'll go to GHRP2, GHRP6, or IPA. And, and that will kind of fill in the blanks on that. So you just got to experiment with it and see how it best works with you. Um, look, and a lot of guys, what they like to do with, with HEX is stack it at a low dose with another GHRP right off the bat. And that's going to help increase your ability to put out a greater pulse of growth hormone. So you combine it. You can also combine it with GHRHs, and you'll have a synergistic blend that will release more GH more effectively. So you can also use it with HGH itself, human growth hormone. Let's say you're taking a human growth hormone. You can go ahead and throw in the hex for a week here, a week there, and kind of got kind of go that way. And then you're going to get a really good pulse of GH. It's also going to save you money. This way you can save the GH and you can use the, the hex in there as well. Um, kind of It kind of saves you a little money off the HGH. Here, here's a plan. If you want to run HGH, do HGH for five days. Take two days off. During those two days off, go ahead and take the hex. How about that? This way your HGH kit will last longer. You'll stretch it out longer. You'll save money. If you're doing... 
3.3 IUs a day, and you've got one kit, 100 IUs, right? So this will last you 30 days. Well, if you do that five days on, two days off, you'll save eight days a month. That's an extra week. So instead of that HGH lasting you four weeks, it'll last you five weeks. And you'll save some money that way. And you'll get just as good benefits, even better benefits, than you would just go ahead and run the HGH seven days a week. You see what I'm saying? So that's a great way to stretch out your HGH. Or you can drop the HGH and do half a dose of that 3.3. You can do like 1.7. Now the HGH kit will last you eight weeks versus four weeks. Now you're really saving money since HGH is so expensive. So those are some options for you. So Mobster, give us your final thoughts on this. It's definitely one of those situations where oh, yeah. it's it's a really exciting uh, uh, peptide and it does a lot of cool things. Just final advice when it comes to it, refrigerator guys, needs to go in the fridge. Soon as you get it, it needs to go in the fridge, whether you mix it or not. And you carefully mix it, you be very gentle with it, and you definitely put it in the fridge after you mix it. It needs to go in the fridge. It cannot be sitting on your counter all day because you forgot to put it back in your fridge because it will go bad. These peptides are very, very fragile. So, Mobster, finish us off and take us to the disclaimer, buddy. Make sure you refer to our earlier podcasts and our previous articles for information on what we mean by micrograms, when we're talking about dosimeter versus grams, milligrams, and inventory of each units guys, because micrograms is a, is a super small fraction and you need to have those kind of information properly for when you're reconst reconstituting and essentially creating this for, for you to, to, to inject. As Steve said, again, previous advice on uh, storage uh, under ideal conditions, once it's been mixed, it's all in our previous podcasts and articles as well. So make sure you hit those two pieces of information. I'll reiterate, Steve, once again, the, the nutrition and training, if they're on point, and I've said this in a bunch of other podcasts, I'll say it again, because it's super important, those things need to be on board too when you're looking at this stuff. One more thing, Steve, before I hit the disclaimer. Uh, I actually, for a change, disagree with Steve when it comes to getting my money's worth. I'm a big low-dose guy, like Steve, and I don't like to spend thousands of dollars on drugs in order for me to get the best out of my training or whatever else. I've never been a high-dose guy, so therefore I'm saving a buck here, left, here, there, and everywhere. But funny enough, Steve, when it comes to peptides and growth hormones, it's when I actually disagree. I, here's what I would do. If I'm ever going to be in a situation and I can see that these, those days are coming because I'm getting older, I have more injuries and tweaks, and I can see me with peptides in my not-too-distant future seem to aid with my recovery, I can see me running properly. And what, what do I mean by properly? I'm not going to look to save a buck. Well, here's what I would do. Uh, the late Paul Burrison talked about this and one of his more effective suggested protocols, and it was simply this, save up. Do the thing properly. Don't do a half-assed uh, peptide or growth hormone. Save up and get all your money together and get all your drugs together. Put everything in a stash. Keep it in a nice, cool, dark place. Don't reconstitute until it's absolutely ready that you need it and whatever else. And then, in my mind, Steve, run a solid 12 weeks. Absolute solid, on point, dosage every day. Everything as it needs to be when it comes to peptides. I'm not looking here. If you can afford to buy it, uh, and, you know, growth hormone and peptides can be a little bit expensive, although they're coming down a lot from where they used to be. And again, you use our approved sources to get the best prices. Just get the stuff together, guys. Take a few months to gather the bits and pieces and everything that you want for your protocol and then run it properly, optimally. Get the best. Plan on the time of year. 
store up your freezer with the, the food and the steaks and everything else that you're going to eat. Get your diet on point. Bring the game together. I tend to reach a, a kind of semi-peak in my training and my nutrition before the peptides and the drugs and everything else comes in. And then, then I'm game on all the way up to a competition. Game on for you to lose weight. Game on for you to recover. So there you go, guys. There's there's a mobster changing his mind on using more drugs over less drugs, uh, which I don't wouldn't normally do, Steve, as you know. So please note, we are not doctors and opinions on this podcast are hours and hours alone. It's our view and it's based on our experience and views on the topic. A podcast of informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment apply. 